VegCast. VegCast begins at 30. VegCast. Or to put it another way, VegCast 30 begins right here. VegCast. A full menu from first to last. VegCast. Yes, VegCast is back. The second VegCast for August. And if you heard the first VegCast... For August, our Sounds of Summerfest 2007 edition. You may recall that I mentioned that Brenda Davis was inducted into the Vegetarian Hall of Fame and that VegCast was the first media outlet to interview Brenda Davis upon that historic event, and we got her reaction to the induction, as well as a chance to talk to her about some exciting work she's doing in the Marshall Islands uh, with reversing diabetes there, and that'll be coming up, of course. We have a musical selection, a new release from Green Beings that I'm sure everyone will enjoy just as much as I do, Uh, and we also have some announcements, uh, including an, an appearance that I'll be making at a show in Philadelphia, so stay tuned for that, and of course, as always, we will have a science fact for your infotainment and amusement. So, all of that as usual, a full menu uh, is coming up on this VegCast. So, sit back at the end of August here. Uh, VegCast 30 is coming your way as soon as these guys fade back in. To tell us the name of the show is All right, before we get to the Brenda Davis interview, just wanted to make an announcement for those of you who have not been privileged to uh, come out to Johnstown and see me perform there at Summerfest every year or see Dan Perraro on any of his stops there or elsewhere in the United States. You can see us both in Philadelphia on September 14th and 15th, along with other uh, comedians, performers, musicians of all stripes at the Veggie Cabaret, which will be held at the Rotunda, 4014 Walnut Street in uh, Philadelphia from uh, 8 o'clock on Friday, uh, September 14th, and Saturday, September 15th. Dan will, of course, be scintillating and funny and subversive and rude to some people, but only those who either deserve it or can take it. And uh, I will be doing my draw-along, the uh, the kind of comedic live improvisational cartooning uh, on the Veggie Cabaret theme. So if you're anywhere around the Philadelphia area, please, Uh, Be sure to check that out. Uh, Of course, I am highlighting Dan Perraro and myself, but uh, as I say, there will be other artists uh, from Public Eye Artists for Animals who are putting this on. Uh, So it should be a really good time, and that's going to be coming up September 14th and 15th. And now that that announcement is out of the way, let's get right into the central interview for the program. I think I've done a creditable job in setting that up back in the intro. So once again, this is taking place uh, at Summerfest in the Living Learning Center uh, within the hour, I think, or close to it, within the hour of uh, when Brenda Davis was inducted into the Vegetarian Hall of Fame. So let's go to that interview right now. Okay, I am proud to be the first 
journalist to interview Brenda Davis after her stunning win tonight in uh, being entered into the Vegetarian Hall of Fame. So i got to ask you, how does it feel? Well, I guess I, I would say I was a little bit shocked and and uh, most of all very deeply honored and and I just um, just am, am very grateful that I've had the uh, privilege of uh, being able to do something of value uh, within the vegetarian world and and uh, very honored okay and you, you didn't are you going to Disneyland or what you're supposed to you know mm-hmm. now that you've Brenda Davis <laughs> one that, or you're just going to pretty much go about your regular well, work. One one of the things that I've always felt is I my life really isn't about me. It's um, I really want to dedicate my life to the animals, and and um, it's it's just really what it's all about to me. I I feel so deeply uh, about the atrocities that we see happening day in and day out and and I, I want the focus to stay there all right well I didn't yeah. mean to be flippant about it no, because it is really no. I mean yeah I feel kind of like uh, you know somebody who has a favorite band that they think that <laughs> only they know about and then yeah they have a big hit or they yeah it turns out that everybody <laughs> loves Brenda Davis but um, <laughs> but you talked about uh, doing things for the animals but right now you're in the midst of a project that is of course has collateral benefits for the animals but is really focused on human health and that's uh, this diabetes or trying to reverse diabetes in the Marshall Islands right right right. and if could you just give a very brief uh, explanation I mean you did a presentation here at Summerfest about that and how their their diets they they picked up kind of this Americanized right, diet and, and it's pretty bad. Yeah, and in the Marshall Islands, fifty or sixty years ago, diabetes was really quite unheard of. It, it, people didn't suffer from diabetes, and they they lived off the land. They ate plants and they ate fish, and that was pretty much it. They didn't have a lot of of things being shipped into their islands and and uh, what happened uh, after the war and after the atomic bomb testing was they started to get exposed to more and more uh, foods that were very highly processed and very damaging to human health and they they didn't have a lot of knowledge about healthy food versus unhealthy food and they just thought getting food, enough food to eat was really what mattered, and if people were sending them food, it must be good for them. That's my my guess. And and the diet changed from from using just completely local foods to primarily uh, white rice, uh, processed meats, um, meats that that uh, are the, the parts of animals that we wouldn't uh, eat in North America, like intestines and t- turkey tails and things like that and then processed processed foods and and the processed foods uh, sugar laden drinks soda pops uh, all all sorts of of pra- packaged chips and candies and chocolates and donuts and and so the the diet really looks like uh, ramen noodles 
uh, for breakfast with Kool-Aid sprinkled on top and 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 rice and and spam for lunch and rice and turkey tails for supper or chicken or some other some other meat, but very very few vegetables, very few fruits, uh, very little local foods anymore, and a diet that that you really couldn't design a diet to induce diabetes. I think any better than the diet they've adopted in in that land. And and now they have like a huge diabetes epidemic. Oh, it's it's about. Looking at people over 15, it's it's upwards of 30% of the population, anybody over 15. And if you look at people over 35, it's probably about 50%. And in terms of pre-diabetes, it's almost the entire population. And so that's a very, uh, very large challenge. But uh, you took some people down there. You had um, a grant from the Department of Defense... Is that right? Yes. Well, it was. Yeah. Uh, a group I mean, it almost sounds like they, it's it's a little bit of guilt. Well, <laughs> either I, because they want to be sure that that if if you could reverse that, then it would uh, it would exonerate them right, from having given the people these right. These and and I don't testing. know all of the details of the of the grant that we were given. I know that uh, a Canvasback Missions, which is a Seventh Day Adventist mission group, worked for for several years uh, trying to, to figure out how to put a dent in this diabetes epidemic and they decided to, to try to get a grant and they put uh, grant proposals in and worked hard to, to, to get them even considered and finally they were awarded a research grant as opposed to an education grant which meant we had to do proper scientific research and, and, and which means an intervention group a control group right. and a lot of medical you know testing blood tests and very careful follow-ups and and we had to have a, a proper investigator from a university and and so it got a little bit more complicated that way but uh, but we've done three interventions now and we'll be doing a fourth in in September, and believe it or not, our interventions are 100% vegan, uh, which is really quite amazing for an area like that. And right. people don't earn a lot of money there. It's it's a two dollars and fifty cents, I believe, is minimum wage, and a lot of people actually get paid less than that. And ho- households are often very large, with only a couple of people working within a household. So to afford a, a lot of fruits and vegetables is almost impossible for them. Uh, so we're really trying to teach them how to eat uh, barley instead of, of white rice and, and beans instead of these these fatty processed meats and drink water instead of soda pop and, and to add whatever vegetables they can afford to add, local vegetables like pumpkin or, or cabbage or something like that. and and uh, really trying to teach them to cook in ways that that are more healthful well now in your in your presentation for one thing you had a visual that we won't be able to give our audio listeners of how thin the island is and how stretched yes. out it is and, and then you put on top of that like 30,000 people um, and then you also showed what they were eating back in there originally and it just I wonder now now with the number of people and with the num- the amount of uh, industrialization that they must have undergone is it is it feasible for them to get back to where 
where they can, I mean, they don't have a lot of land to grow stuff on. They You, you showed them how to grow things in, in boxes, but with the number of people, can they, will they, is it even something that, that they can do, or what's the plan there? Well, um, first of all, they, the, the island is um, as a coral reef, so it's an atoll that's about 30 miles long, but has only a, a square um, mileage of about 3.7 square miles. So it's this very long, skinny island with uh, very little uh, uh, usable soil. Mm-hmm. And and the island probably would sustain, I don't know, two or 300 people if they were really still living off the land, and there are now 30,000 people oh, there. Right. And so it's virtually impossible for them to just live off the land. So they have to import things, but the idea of, of gro- growing some of their own foods is, is really a possibility. And we started teaching people how to use earth boxes to grow uh, foods. But I, I met um, a f- fellow here at, at Summerfest, actually, that, that told me that there's actually another way that may be even more appropriate for them, and that's growing hydroponically using ocean water and collected rainwater. And the results that, that people have been having with this are really quite phenomenal. And so this is another possibility that we're really quite excited about looking into. Really? We, we think that there, there, I mean, there really has to be a way to help these people grow some produce. Uh, and it's just so necessary to their overall uh, health and survival. So there, there are a number of options, but we're looking. And the other thing, of course, we're doing is we're working very closely with the grocery stores, the main grocery store, to bring in more healthful foods. And they're, they're, it's, it's interesting. The, the, uh, the manager at the major grocery store, Payless, there, uh, used to work at a. He was the manager of a health food section of a big grocery store in Australia and is very familiar. It doesn't matter what I ask him to bring in. It seems he's familiar with these foods. And and he actually told me that he would would love nothing more than to be able to provide healthy food for the people of the Marshall Islands. He said he had actually tried at various times to bring things in and, and they would go bad, they wouldn't sell, and it was very discouraging. And, and uh, so he's, he's quite excited that the sales of soy milk, for example, have increased from, I think it was five cases every six months to 80 cases in two weeks. <laughs> Wow. So it, it really is making a difference. It, they're having to bring in a lot more produce, a lot more grains. They bring in flax seeds now. They bring in barley. They bring in all sorts of beans. And so we're starting to see changes like that, which are really very encouraging. Well, so you're seeing changes in consumption, and you are also starting to see some changes in in the people that you're in your intervention group. Yes, and, and in fact, during the first two weeks of intervention, we feed our, our intervention participants three meals a day, and they get a lot of exercise, probably about two hours a day we, we do, and then about an hour or so of, of nutrition or other health education. And uh, it, it's just remarkable to see the changes in the first two weeks. People, probably about 90% stopped their medication. We had only two people on insulin. Both were off within days of starting the program. 
they, their pain start to disappear. The, the pain in their legs especially, and they, they would have to get massages at night to take the pain away, and they couldn't walk without pain. And so, so it really was quite a challenge. And, and they, they started noticing all that going away, and even things like constipation, getting up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. These things all started to disappear within the first two weeks, and they were shocked. Because in the Marshall Islands, all people ever saw with diabetes was this, this awful downhill spiral of, of, you know, you get diabetes, you get, you get the limbs cut off, you get renal failure, and you die. And to actually see people start to recover with diabetes was something they had never actually witnessed before. So people started getting quite excited, and uh, and and certainly we were we were very excited along with them. And and, and what we see is is over time, uh, some of them have a, a difficult time maintaining that kind of food consumption, either because of economy or their, their wife doesn't know how to prepare the food or the family, they can't afford to prepare it for the whole family. But we do have a segment of the of the population that, uh, that uh, are going through the program that have sustained it remarkably well. Now, at this stage in the game, they tend to be the more educated, the more affluent of, of the Marshallese people. So what we're really needing to work on is is how to make this something that, that is usable for even the poorest of the poor in the population. And, and uh, we, we, we think we'll be able to do it, but it will be a challenge. We'll definitely have to get the program completely translated into Marshallese. I think we're probably halfway there with that. We're training Marshallese workers. We're working very closely with the Ministry of Health, and their goal is to adopt the program as their regular diabetic treatment program for all Marshallese people. So that's, you know, that's the direction we're moving in. Well, that's great. And I mean, it's it's hard to overstate what you're doing here. It just in making any change whatsoever, you're you're actually giving people hope, the whole culture hope because they can hear about or see people who are reversing this. Right. And that's I mean, that's a huge thing in and of itself, much less being able to actually turn the whole country around. Right. And it, it's, it's quite, it, it is a, quite a culture of, of uh, hopelessness, um, it, which is really very sad, but you have so many people in, in such a small area, and, and most of the population is unemployed, uh, very, very poor, and, and, uh, and, and sick. And, and so there is a... A huge problem with suicide. There, there. It really is. There's a sense of hopelessness, and to see a glimmer of hope being added into the into the society is 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 really uh, just really quite inspirational for, for I think a lot of people and a lot of leaders there. Mm -hmm. And uh, we worked in our in our first intervention group. We had the mayor, who is a who is in Eroche. He's a he's a royalty. And uh, we had the assistant mayor, and we've had two kings in the in the program, and we've had a, we've had um, uh, senators, and we, and we've had a former secretary of health, and we had the current secretary of health participate for the first two weeks, and so we've had a number of, of what we call the I guess what we would think of as the real leaders in the community, which which because it's it's a very nepotistic society where there really is a lot of cr class structure. Uh, we thought that that might be an appropriate way to start, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, and so we're we're very encouraged with what we're seeing. Well, that's great. Uh, I won't go on about it, but I just 
can't help but say this is a huge thing that that you're doing, and yet it's only just a small part of what what you do and what you have done, and it's it's mind-boggling how much change you're bringing to the world. And I I don't think uh, anyone could have been more deserving for vegetarian hall of fame and i don't know if it's it's a huge thing to you but it is certainly at least some way to try to acknowledge yes. what you're well, doing well it is it, it it is really a great honor for me i uh, i'm i'm so honored to be in the company of so many uh, people that have made such a huge difference in the world and it really is a, a very great honor i don't know if it's quite sunk in yet but right. uh, i really uh, really appreciate uh, Navs for thinking of me for such an honor and, and uh, for my family and my dear friend who had such an important part in bringing it all together and right. really I'm very grateful and very deeply honored okay and yeah. we're all grateful that you're out there doing what you do so thank you Van. thank you for doing really that thanks for it. doing this interview thank you and now a song that some of the people in the diabetes program may have been asked as they adopted a more plant-based way of eating. This is Green Beings. Where do you, 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 where do you get your protein? You don't get it from a three-pound steak. You must have all sorts of pills to take. I mean, where do you, where do you, where do you, where do you? Where do you, where do you get your protein? You're missing out on chicken and fish. Why do you have this plain dead fish? A question well renowned. Don't mean to put us down. But every time we turn around, all of us have heard the sound. It goes, where do you, where do you, where do you get your protein? You better have you a thick milkshake You'll waste away for the animal's sake Where do you, where do you, where do you Get your protein? Humans need ground beef to thrive Man, it's a shock you're still alive We hear it everywhere No good in laying low Summer's still over there they're just saying so They wanna know They wanna know They wanna hear what beats the status quo But gee whiz If it's a quiz It should be clear that the answer is A plant-based diet That's why millions of people swear by it Yeah, that's a plant-based diet Good for the world is good for you Yes, indeed, a plant-based diet. It's so good that everybody ought to try it. Yeah, that's a plant-based diet. Good for the world is good for you. It's called a plant-based diet. If people knew what's going on, they'd start a riot. Yeah, that's a plant-based diet. Good for the world is good for you. You need your plants for fiber. Or else you'll sooner have to pay the piper But with the plant-based diet Good for the world is good for you It's from a plant-based diet That's why millions of people swear by it Yeah, that's a plant-based diet Good for the world is good for you And it's got tons of 
you lose weight better than smoking. Yeah, that's a plant-based diet. Good for the world is good for you. It's called a plant-based diet. It's so good that everybody ought to try it. Yeah, that's a plant-based diet. Good for the world is good for you. The science fact for this VegCast comes to us from CBS News, reporting on a study in the Journal of the Society for Integrative Oncology. The headline, Flaxseed May Ease Hot Flashes. And I'll read uh, the lead of that for you, which is new, new research shows that the tiny flaxseed may bring some relief for menopausal hot flashes. The article goes on to explain that in a small preliminary study, women halved their hot flashes by eating two tablespoons of ground flaxseed twice daily mixed into their cereal, juice, fruit, or yogurt. Flaxseed study, uh, it comes from the Mayo Clinic. Uh, Women spent a week first keeping a diary of their hot flashes and their overall quality of life. And then the researchers gave all the women crushed flaxseed and told them to sprinkle two tablespoons of it on cereal, juice, or yogurt or fruit twice daily for six weeks. And the results show that the women halved their number of daily hot flashes while taking flaxseed. In addition, the intensity of the women's hot flashes dropped by 57% during the study. And uh, as another version of this article pointed out, this is significant because uh, researchers are looking for alternatives, uh, alternative ways of treating uh, menopausal and postmenopausal symptoms, uh, specifically as alternatives to the traditional hormone replacement therapy involving women ingesting pregnant mare's urine uh, and... That is something that uh, people who want to uh, let horses live their lives without having their urine forcibly extracted uh, are happy about. And, of course, uh, the other people who are happy about it are those who have found significant side effects uh, with women ingesting pregnant mares' urine into their body. Uh, so flaxseed, a plant-based product, uh, seems to be able to do a significant amount with uh, at least the hot flashes there. And that is your news flash for this time on Science Fact. Well, looking at the old clock on the wall there, looks about the time is just about up for this 30th VegCast. Thanks, everybody, for downloading us. That'll do it for August. We'll be coming back at you in September with another full menu of veggie podcasting goodness. And, of course, also in September, remember, September 14th and 15th at Veggie Cabaret. If you happen to be anywhere around Philadelphia, get down there to the Rotunda to see me and Dan Perraro. And, of course, I also want to thank Brendan Davis, before I go, uh, for humoring me and sitting down for an interview right after her Vegetarian Hall of Fame announcement. And that done, I guess the only thing left is for me to tell you to get out there and live like you mean it.
Kai.